that I always tell people is I give them permission to create boundaries. And, and in fact, I tell them, if you don't have any boundaries, you need to stop right now and build some. It is very important. Um, I think that people tend to look at boundaries as a negative thing, or they're scared that other people will look at them negatively if they have boundaries. Um, and the honest, the, the honest truth is a few might, <laughs> right? But you're doing a disservice to them and yourself when you don't, because when you put boundaries in place, you're not trying to be negative to anybody else. You're trying to protect yourself, your goals, your values, right? And if you are overstretched, you're not doing well in anything. Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. I am your host, Angela Duncan, speaker, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and we talk all things money and business. Today's episode is sponsored by freemoneytipsbook.com, freemoneytipsbook.com. Head over there, download your free ebook to get you started on your financial journey today. I am interviewing Dr. Judy Wright, and she is going to talk about why it's so important for you to set boundaries, and what's the best way for you to do that. Hi, Dr. Judy. Welcome to Empower Her Money podcast. How are you today? I am well, Angela. How are you? I am doing amazing, beautiful weather in Miami. The sun is shining, so I have no reason to complain. We have Art Basel here, actually, this week. Oh, wonderful. A full week of artists, music, fashion. So always fun to Um, yeah, so why don't we talk about you? Tell, tell us more about your journey, your story, and kind of how you got to what you're doing today. So thank you. Thank you so much for asking. It's my pleasure to be here. So um, I am a physician, a family physician, and I'm a medical director. And so I have worked in a variety of settings. I, I've worked in academia, clinical, and I've worked in corporate. And so um, I've enjoyed all of them, but they all have their stressors. Let, let me tell you, there's nowhere <laughs> that you, you don't get that. But my journey really comes from, you know, I was working and I realized there's something else I felt I should be doing. So this is around 2017, 2018. But I remember saying to myself, Angela, there's something I should be doing, but I'm so busy. I can't even figure out what it is. Like I have no time to do so. And stresses were building because, you know, as you have turnover and people leave, more responsibilities are on you. And so what I found myself doing was I would start working early. I would finish working very late. And in between, you know, there's other parts of life that has to go on. I wasn't spending as much time with my family, that type of thing. Um, and it was it, it was hitting ahead. I, I probably wasn't the most pleasant person to be around <laughs> for my family. But I remember distinctly um, in 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And so in 2020, as I was going for treatment, um, what I realized is that I personally, even though I had cancer, felt better. 
right? My blood pressure was going down and I felt better and I had time to spend with my family because now I'm on medical leave. And, and suddenly I can think, I have time to think. And, and with that, um, when I realized my, everything was so different, I made a decision to resign from my job mm. and just take a moment and just breathe. In doing that though, Angela, I also had time to sit down and have a come to Jesus talk with myself mm. and my role in how I got here. Right. Because that was really important. We could all say, oh, it's so-and-so's fault and so-and-so's. No. How did I get here? What was my role in that? And what I found was that I wasn't taking care of myself. Mm. I was taking care of everyone else and everything else. But I always had excuses or I push it off to the side and I wasn't taking care of myself. Now, along with while I was on medical leave came the, the lockdown, <laughs> the pandemic. And so now um, I, I have no other way to put it. It While I had to slow down, so did the whole world. So I didn't even have FOMO. Now I really could sit down <laughs> and think and not feel like, oh, I'm getting left behind. Um, and I, I was able to spend more time with my children. And I made this, some decisions on how to better take care of myself, how to not only put boundaries in place, but make sure I'm maintaining those boundaries. Mm. Um, and come up with a self-care regimen that was, you know, going to work for me, right? Not not anybody else's self-care regimen. And I always say that because like people all, you know, especially as a woman, they're like, oh, I go and get my nails done, which I think is wonderful, but I don't, <laughs> right? That's stressful for me. That's not what works for me per se. Um, so I had to come up with stuff that works for me. Um, and that's how I got here, because after a while, I start to realize I'm not the only one that feels like this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we hear a lot about it with the with physicians, um, especially when the pandemic happened about physician burnout. But it's not just physicians. As I said, I've been in academia. I've been in the clinical space. I've been in corporate. It's not just physicians. In fact, students are getting burnt out. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's how I came to a space where. I really wanted to talk to people about overall well-being and overall wellness and the importance of self-care and Mm -hmm. um, stress management, boundaries. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I'm so big on boundaries. Um, And that's how that's how I got here. So now I'm not only a medical director, I'm also an organizational wellness consultant where I help employers to thrive by empowering their employees to prioritize their overall wellness and um, their overall wellness and well-being. Yeah, beautiful. Well, very beautiful story. I'm glad you're still here today. The world slowed down and you just had such a, a beautiful attitude towards everything and found the blessings and, you know, something that could have been really awful. Um, so I love that part of your story. And you just touched on boundaries. Now, that's a big word for me, too, because, you know, people say, like, you either say yes to stuff, you say no to stuff and protecting your time. How do you teach boundaries? So one of the first um, things that I always tell people is I give them permission to create boundaries. And, And in fact, I tell them, if you don't have any boundaries, you need to stop right now and build some. It is very important. Um, I think that people tend to look at boundaries as a negative thing, or they're scared that other people will look at them negatively if they have boundaries. Um, 
And the honest, the, the honest truth is a few might, <laughs> right? But you're doing a disservice to them and yourself when you don't, because when you put boundaries in place, you're not trying to be negative to anybody else. You're trying to protect yourself, your goals, your values, right? And if you are overstretched, you're not doing well in anything, mm-hmm. right? That's one of the things that I start to feel like there's, there's, we always hear jack of all trades, master of none. Um, I really started to feel like I wasn't good at anything because I was so overstretched. I'm not being a good mom and not being a good wife. I'm not being a good, I just, it, it, you know, and, and as, as that builds, it actually becomes true. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you're not doing them any favors when you tell people, yes, yes. And then you can't even fulfill it because you said yes to everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to be mean about your no, although some people do need a mean no. <laughs> you don't have to be mean about your no, though, but you, you can be honest. I won't be able to take that on. You know, if it's at work, it may be, you know, I would love to be able to do that. But this is what I have on my plate right now. You know, if they're insistent, who can we spread some of this out to so that I can do this? Right. Um. So I, I am not only just an advocate of boundaries, I really am like, you need to get boundaries. If you don't know what they are, sit down and figure them out. And they can be fluid. And by fluid, I don't mean, oh, you could just let them go at will. By fluid, I mean, as we grow, our boundaries may change, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we need to be willing to sit down and reevaluate it and treat it like a live document. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like the service that you're providing because as a business owner, you know, we think about the benefits that we're offering our employees, you know, and oftentimes the things that come to mind are, you know, health insurance or dental insurance or 401k, but this is a whole other sector of benefits that you can provide to your employees to help take care of your employees. So when you're talking to a business owner, what do you give them as far as like recommendations on why this could be a really valuable benefit for their company and for their employees? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, So a lot of times, you know, business owners think about productivity. That's what they want to know about. That's, That's what they care about. Right. And they care about the money. So I bring to their attention how much money gets lost in mm-hmm. absenteeism when when your your people are so overwhelmed and so burnt out, they start to call out because they literally don't feel well, whether it's physically, whether it's mentally, emotionally, they literally do not feel well. So they start to call out presenteeism. Mm-hmm. They're there. But they're not really there. Their, their body is there, but their brain, they're not really there. They're not being productive, right? But you're going to pay them. They're there, right? Is that what you really need? Um, and so just by absenteeism alone, we're losing whew, anywhere from 120 something to $190 billion a year in this country just to absenteeism. Wow. That's wow. a lot of money. Right. And this doesn't include, again, the presenteeism, the lack of productivity, the people who are just leaving. Right. So it costs money to uh, recruit, to find somebody to onboard them. And and if. And and if you lose them, especially if you lose them, because we're seeing more of that, if you lose them, like in the first 90 days, now you got to start all over again. That's Mm -hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right. 
and and that doesn't lead to a lot of productivity because now you have to onboard somebody else. So you want to do things that's going to increase job satisfaction. You want to address the fact that everybody is an individual and may have some some different ways and needs that you can help, right? So there's a lot of talk around work flexibility, right? Does that mean, oh, some people could work for 10 hours and some people who are at work for 50? That's not what it means. But work flexibility may come in the where you work. Are we going to do home? Are we going to do an office? Are we going to do a hybrid? Are we going to do a four-day work week versus a five-day work week? Mm -hmm. You know, um, things of that nature. So yeah. just being able to be flexible and really touch on the pulse of the needs of your employees, because in the end, no matter what people think, the, the employees are your greatest resource. Mm -hmm. You know, so. so when you're working with the employees, um, we'll switch to the employee side. Are what tools or what books do you recommend or how do you help them to, you know, work better in the environment? Um, like, how do you approach that? Yeah. So what we talk about a lot is time management. Mm -hmm. Right. And not just time management professionally, time management personally as well. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a cycle and one will affect the other. If the things are not working out at home, it's going to affect your job. If things are not working out your job, it's going to affect your home. Um, and so we talk about um, understanding that uh, one of the things, Angela, I don't talk much about work life balance because uh, in my head, <laughs> in my thought process, work is a part of life. Yeah. And and when people think work-life balance, you know, some people are like, but I don't want it to, to mess up my life. But it is a part of your life. When you think of a, a pie, right? When you say work-life balance or even work-life integration, if you visualize that pie, it almost feels like, okay, here's half of it, here's life. And other half on the planet Mars is work. And that almost feels like, oh, so I only get this amount for all these segments of my life, but work takes up all of this? No, it really is a pie. Work is a, merely a slice in that pie. There's a bunch of things that go, friends and, and romantic relationships and the things I love to do and the things that are my passion. And there's a bunch of things that go into that pie, right? Yeah. And so you have to be able to manage that. Balance looks different for everybody. So how are you going to step out and prioritize and manage your time around the things that are important to you. Yeah, and giving yourself permission in that pie that pieces are going to get bigger and they're going to get smaller. So Absolutely. To, yeah, and when I think of balance, I always think of a scale, like it's even on both sides. So I, I too don't like the word, you know, work-life balance because yeah. it's more of how am I feeling? Right. You know, am I happy with how much time I spend in my business or in my personal life? and figuring out what that looks like. But I like the pie example, because then you can visually think about it yeah. and it can, it can shift and, and be okay. Like you said, give yourself permission that it's okay. Yeah, it can shift week by week. It can shift month by month. It can shift because something in your life now took precedence. I can tell you right now, family was always important to me, but it took up a bigger part of the pie when I started having kids. Like, you know, so, you know? Um, so and that's okay. Because we live, we grow, things change. That's okay. Yeah. So if someone was looking to get into a similar field, um, whether they, they offer this type of um, package to an employer 
or, you know, my example is I like coming in and teaching money to employees because that's another benefit as well. Um, how do you suggest someone would start working um, into this field? Um, so there's different ways you could do it. Like they have some, some of the, the organizations have, especially when they're bigger and they have uh, money, mm -hmm. um, they'll have like learning and development departments where you can actually teach this type of stuff. Um, so learning and development doesn't just have to be the skill of something to do with the job. It could be the skill of how you manage your whole situation because that's part of your development. And again, we often think if the job is doing it, it just has to be professional development. But in the understanding that one affects the other, <laughs> it, it, it should be more than that. So your HR departments usually deal with um, learning and development. And you'd be surprised when you look on job boards, there are um, segments for learning and development. Um, also, you know, some people opt to do it within the scope of, uh, say, companies, but also there are coaches who help people outside of that, you know? So I'm not an individualized coach myself, but there are definitely coaches who help people outside of that to better manage their time, to, to better understand their needs, to understand their triggers that would lead to their stress and how to manage that so they can move forward and start to elevate, you know, leadership management coaches, things of that nature. So yeah, definitely there are opportunities. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. And you don't have a physical store or necessarily necessarily a physical product. So, are there any money tips that you have learned, you know, growing a business that you can give back to the audience as well? Oh, growing a business is not easy. And and I I will say this: a lot of um, people let the money factor stop them from growing their business um, because it can get expensive. So you have to really pay attention to your dollars, but understand that it doesn't just have to be on you. Sometimes there are people who are willing to invest in you. There may be small business grants that you can get. Um, mm -hmm. Look at all of your avenues. Like you just said, physical products. I. I'm currently working on a physical products, right? So I'm working on my self, self-care flashcards um, that are actually uh, pretty ready, but I'm going to launch them soon. So physical products can be helpful. Um, I'm also writing a book uh, about women and balance, you know? So there are different ways that you can do stuff um, and come up with money, but also be very cognizant. And I'll, I'll tell you, I wasn't always <laughs> I wasn't always good at it, but be very cognizant of what's going out and what's coming in, right? Because sometimes you will inflate and tell yourself you're doing better than you're doing or not spending as much as you're spending. <laughs> and it could get really shocking really fast. Yeah. And the other part is your, just your bookkeeping because there there is tax time and you need to know what it is you're doing. Um, and that I think I've gotten better at over the past two years, just making sure I know. <laughs> and here it is. I get to the accountant. There it goes. <laughs> you know, having it all in one place. Be very cognizant of that too. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on, you're going to be writing a book. What inspired you to start that journey? Oh, so it's funny. I, 
was going to write a different book actually on food allergies because my children have food allergies and how I deal with that because my friends always said to me, it just could, only you could handle this because if we had children that had all these food allergies, what would we do? But only you could, could do that because I love to cook. So I was going to figure out ways to mm-hmm. deal. But um, suddenly I was talk- talking to somebody who started a publishing company and that wasn't what she was going to do. And she was talking and ideas just started to come to my head. She said, everybody has more than one book in them. I was like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> and then I wrote something down and that was that day. And then the very next morning, literally seven more titles came to my head. Mm-hmm. And the, But the very first thing was the thing that I'm talking on now, balance. And uh, in particular, women, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a woman, you're a woman, <laughs> right? Um, but unlike anyone else, our our juggling game is can be very impressive, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, but while it's being impressive, we could actually miss out on some stuff and cause us to really feel off kilter and 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 cause us not to move to our level of success the way we wanted to. It can keep us down professionally and personally, and mm-hmm. sometimes we don't realize that that's happening because we're too busy juggling, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what encouraged me to start writing this book. I'm actually in the editing phase now. Yes, now that's good too. And and be able to share that story, you know, with the world because this is is something that you're teaching in your business every day. So to provide it in a different platform for people to receive the information. I love the book writing too. I'm I'm a big book person. So I I like to read a lot of books. I'm excited for you on on the book too. (laughs) Um, And then you also said flashcards. Talk about that. Like what what was the inspiration behind that? And what do you hope to, you know, accomplish with the flashcards? So, okay. As I said, I realized I wasn't taking care of myself. I know I'm not alone. But one of the things about, um, self-care is that people make the mistake that it has to take a long time. And because of that, they put it on the back burner. They treat it like it's solely a luxury. Now, notice I said solely because I don't care if it is a luxury. So what? Luxuriate. I don't, I don't care if you, you know, there's nothing wrong with <laughs> being a luxury. Like people say, like, it's not a luxury. I don't have to justify anything to anybody, <laughs> right? So if if you consider it a luxury, luxuriate. But people often think that self-care has to take an extremely long time, all forms of self-care, an hour of a massage, because that's what people usually think about, an hour in the chair getting your nails done, um, vacation time, right? I need to find a time to take vacation. Um, but self-care can be as simple as, I'll give you an example. At 11.45 every day, my phone goes off. It's a little alarm. If I'm not in a meeting or driving because you want to stay safe, um, I will stop what I'm doing. And even if I take five minutes just to breathe, you know, do some breath work, just to center, recenter myself, right? Because it's almost the middle of the morning. I've probably almost four or more hours of work. I do it. Now, I don't have to be stressed out. What am I doing? I'm building my stress management muscle, Mm. right? I don't need to wait till I'm stressed out. 
But when I do get stressed out, if I do get stressed out, guess what I know how to do? I know how to pull it out of my pocket right away because I've been doing it, mm-hmm. right? So the whole point to my self-care cards is to give people ideas of how to do their self-care. And my self-care cards are such that I not only give you an idea what to do, they're divided into colors. So each color means something different, your spiritual self-care, your physical self-care, mental self-care, things of that nature. But it also tells you as a guide how long it should take. Now, if you want it to take longer or you want to take shorter, you can, but it tells you as a guide. Some of them say five minutes. Some of them may say 30 minutes. I think the most that I have in there is two hours, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's 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 so people can pull it out of their hat and say, you know what? Okay, here's something I can do. And you can even put it on your calendar. I'm going to do this on this day, mm-hmm. right? Um, which I encourage. I encourage, this is part of pay, in, in the words of financial, pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to get on your calendar and start scheduling out your self-care so yes. that, you are just as important as every other meeting that you have. Yes. Um, and so that's why I, I wanted to do the self-care cards so that somebody could have it and they could have it on their desk or they could have it on their nightstand. They could have a box of it in their cart, you mm. know, and pull it out as needed. Mm. Mm. Great tools and resources coming in. So yes. I'm very excited for you and for you, you to be able to share that. Um, I have a fun question for you. We're going to switch gears and do something a little bit more personal. Okay. But um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Okay. my I like to learn, right? And it could be learn something silly. I truly believe in the you're never too old to learn. Even if it's the funniest thing in the world. I'm like, I was today years old when I learned that, right? My favorite movie is The Matrix. And ever since I saw, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, mm-hmm. but there's a part of the movie where they need to get on the plane or, or, or in a helicopter and they don't know how to fly one. And she says, hold on. And she downloads into her brain and instantly knows if I could do that. <laughs> unstoppable. <laughs> like, unstoppable. I love to learn. I love to do things myself. I've actually had to pull back because, again, self-care, delegate. Um, but I love to learn how to at least do things. And so if I could just do-do-do-do-do, download something in 60 seconds and instantly know how to do it, that's my, <laughs> that's my superpower. <laughs> I love that. That's a very unique. I have not heard that one. We're, we're 111 <laughs> episodes into podcasts and that's a- <laughs> I've heard that. So, but it, it would be very useful. So I, yes. I like, you know, the, the useful yes. aspect of it too. Awesome. Dr. Judy, if our audience wants to get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing, your services, flashcards, book, anything else that you're working on, how do they reach you? So um, the best way to reach me, I am on LinkedIn as Judy Wright MD. I'm also on Instagram as Judy Wright MD. And you can reach me via my website, which is www.drjudyspeaks.live. Um, so those are the main ways to reach me. And I think, yeah, those are the, the basic main ways to reach me. And that's where I'll be talking about when the time comes to release. Yes. That's where I'll be talking about it. 
Awesome. Dr. Judy, thank you so much for your time today and adding value to the audience. I truly appreciate you. And we will talk again soon. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much for tuning into Empower Her Money podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast, and leave a review wherever you are tuning in.